Hey everyone, how's it going? Matt Jarbo here with Milk Carton Mysteries, and I wanted to introduce you to the series I've been kicking around for a while. So when I'm able to get to the podcast, I generally cover three true crime cases every single day. And, and I always look for interesting stories to talk about. I look for interesting things to discuss. And one of the things that always tends to come up is cold cases. But unfortunately, there's a lot of scarce information when it comes to currently talked about cold cases, because in many instances, police simply just don't want to give up the information, and that is entirely understandable. So I thought to myself, how could I implement this into something that I think would be interesting to talk about and interesting for you guys to hear? And that brings me to cold case Saturdays. And this is just a tester. I want to see how you guys like it. If you like it, let me know. I'll keep doing them. If not, we'll stick with the regular format, and that is fine too. But when it comes to cold case Saturdays, I want to look at a couple of the cold cases that are gaining attention and steam this week, because maybe you can solve a mystery. Maybe you can solve a murder or a disappearance or something that needs to be solved. And I think ultimately, deep down, we all have a lot more information that uh, we pay attention to than not. And you never know what might come up. So first things first, if you guys want to help support the show, head on over to instagram.com forward slash milk carton cast and get in on the action over there. That really does help it out. And of course, if you do also like this particular show, uh, you can always head over to patreon.com forward slash Matt Jarbo and support the, uh, the, the podcast over there. I really appreciate it. But in the meantime, why don't we just dive into today's news? I don't want to take up too much of your time and let's get to the first cold case on today's episode of Cold Case Saturdays. Now we're talking about here, Phoenix, Arizona. Police are asking for help solving a cold case murder. Drew James, a father of two with another child on the way, uh, happened to have been shot and killed, according to Phoenix police. Now, uh, his mom says the hurt will never go away. It will always be there. Her son, Drew James, 25 years old, was shot and killed in April outside of his apartment complex, according to Phoenix police. This was, again, 57th and Thomas Avenue. He leaves behind his mother, siblings, two children, and a pregnant fiance. And he never got to meet his third child. And that's always the toughest part of these stories when you hear about these people who die and they leave behind their children. That's one of the things I fear. I have a three-year-old and I have a one-year-old. And I'm always kind of, you know, and in the back of my mind, I, I, I wonder, like, what if I were to die? You know, that that's the suckiest part of it. So I, I empathize 100 percent here. Uh, now, his mother, along with the Phoenix police, are asking for the public to come forward if they saw or know anything about the shooting. At this point, the police are baffled. They can't figure out a motive or a reason why anyone would want to kill this father. Uh, the detective Kevin Ham with the Phoenix police says, I described this as a thousand piece puzzle and I only have maybe 300 of those pieces put together. We believe somebody saw something. Now, some witnesses here have said that they saw a man who they believe is in his early 20s fire shots and then run towards a car. Uh, those witnesses also said that they heard a female voice inside that vehicle, also possibly driving the vehicle. Which is a weird thing to say because it's such an odd, they saw a man in his early 20s fire shots and run towards a car. Well, was that Drew Johnson who was firing the shots and running towards the car or was that the would-be killer? Was Drew Johnson in the car with the female? We don't know. These are just questions. Now, the mom says, I feel like somebody, it's somebody he knew. 
Phoenix police say that what they believe is the gray getaway car was caught on camera at a neighbor's house. Uh, the front left wheel was missing a hubcap. People are, the police are hoping that this car could lead them to the killer. Now, this happened back in April of 2020 in Phoenix, Arizona. So a car without a hubcap on the front left wheel, the driver's side wheel. Now, uh, his mother goes on to say here, for somebody to be a coward and shoot him down like that, it makes me angry in a way, but then it makes me sad. I want justice for my son. He didn't deserve to go that way. And of course, police are asking if you know anything, you can contact the Phoenix police or silent witness, which is a 480 W I T N E S S or 1-800-343-TIPS. That's 480-WITNESS or 1-800-343-TIPS. And right now, because they are looking for information, they are actually offering a reward of up to $5,000 if you have information that can solve this case. Arizona is a pretty big place. Uh, Phoenix is a pretty big place inside Arizona is what I'm trying to say. So this might be tough, but I think if you are in Phoenix and you know Drew and you know that area, you might know something. And again, the key piece of information here is a car missing a its hubcap on the front driver's side wheel, the front left wheel. It's a gray getaway car, potentially driven owned by a female. A little bit of information, not much to go on, but the question then becomes, can you solve this crime? So let's move over here to California, where right now there's a $50,000 reward offered to solve a cold case from 2007, where a 20-year-old man was shot and killed uh, back in, or no, he was just killed back in 2007. The Fremont police have exhausted all leads and have turned it over to the governor's office for a hefty reward. Uh, so for 13 years, somebody has at this point gotten away with murder, and now the state of California is offering up 50 grand for information to solve the case. This happened back in January 25th, 2007, where 20-year-old Emerson Zuinga was attacked by three suspects while walking down the street. One of them stabbed him to death with a metal object. Now, notice how they're not saying knife, but metal object. Could be a screwdriver, could be a shiv, could be a fork, could be a, a you know butter knife. It could be a, a, a different items other than rather just your standard knife. Now, the Fremont Police Department says that they've exhausted all their leads in the case, and they have requested that a reward be offered by the governor's crime tip reward program. So Governor Gavin Newsom announced on Tuesday the $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those involved in Zuinga's death. And who knows, right now with California going back into a shutdown, at least in Los Angeles, Fremont, California is, is more Northern California, I believe. No, Fremont I could be in L.A. I forget where exactly it's at. But, you know, someone out there knows something. And uh, this case is 13 years old. And for 13 years, people have gotten away with this brutal killing. And let's maybe bring some justice to Emerson Zuinga. And then, hey, 50 grand. 50 grand is a pretty enticing offer. So who knows what's the, what's going to come from this rock. All right. We also... um says here, okay, so it does go on to say here that uh, the reward is, again, leading for the information and arrest. The governor's crime tip reward program permits a reward of up to 50000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction. 
and up to ten a hundred thousand for crimes against first responders or for arson upon a, a place of worship. The governor may issue that reward only upon the recommendation from law enforcement officials. So more or less at this particular point, if you know something and it's concrete, you can get 50 grand. If anyone out there has attacked a first responder or has set arson upon a place of worship, there's a lot more money to be earned, I guess. Now, if you have any information on the case, you can contact Fremont Police Department cold case detective Jacob Blass at jblass, J-B-L-A-S-S, at fremont.gov or call 510-790-6900. That is 510-790-6900 or contact an anonymous tip line, uh, tip line which is 510-494-4856, 510-494-4856. So let's move over to the other side of the country now where Memphis police are looking for help identifying a suspect in a, a, a Thanksgiving Day murder of a veteran. This cold case is kind of rocked the area, and a lot of people are asking for help. Uh, it says here that uh, this particular cold case has been featured recently on the Memphis Police Department's Facebook page. Police want to solve the three-year-old murder of Robert Wong, but investigators need the public's help. Three years ago on Thanksgiving Day, 68-year-old Wong was shot and killed at around noon in what police say was a home invasion. His teal 2005 Honda Odyssey minivan was stolen, and it was actually discovered the next day almost five miles away on Creep Myrtle, or Crep Myrtle. Now, keep in mind about the, 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 the van. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Wong was alone at his house because he was recovering from cancer and didn't go out with his family on Thanksgiving, saying, just bring me back my favorite, is what he told them when he left. This is coming from Memphis Police Department Major Lambert Ross. It was the last thing that he said because his family on Thanksgiving choose to go to a Chinese restaurant. That is their Thanksgiving tradition. And Robert Wong, not feeling well, decided to stay home and unfortunately met his end. Now, the family returned and found him lying on the floor with several gunshots. Police say at this point that they've only had one tip, just one tip in three years. That's terrible. Some people, uh, some of the people in this community are retired. You got to watch out for one another. And for that to happen, it kind of got past a lot of people in the neighborhood because this happened midday on Thanksgiving Day. However, Thanksgiving Day, a lot of people were out. A lot of people weren't home. They went to family's house. And so if it was a relatively deserted area, then whoever the killer was potentially thought that this was just going to be an easy smash and grab because no one was going to be home. And unfortunately, he met Robert Wong, who was a veteran. And so perhaps Robert fought back, and that's what led to what happened. However, going back to the 2005 Teal Honda Odyssey minivan, according to another article I found, uh, this clue that they got uh, from this was when the stolen minivan was found two days later. Investigators didn't find any useful fingerprints in the vehicle. However, a witness gave a general description of a person they saw get out of the minivan that morning, an African-American man, heavy set with an Afro hairstyle. Now, the detective here said stolen vehicles are often passed from person to person, and he said this man might not be the killer, saying whoever was driving that van, if you're not the person responsible for taking that van and for the murder of Mr. Wong, we're asking you anonymously to give us a call. Please help us help 
this family. And of course, they have asked for the public to do the same. And if you have any information on this case, if you have any information about the tragic death of Robert Wong, uh, please reach out to Daniel Connolly at daniel.connolly at commercialappeal.com or call 910-529-5296. That's 901-529-5296. And it's just a way to get a hold of somebody to give some information over to Memphis police to be able to solve this crime. So this is a crazy uh, uh, story that's coming out of South Carolina where a young woman, uh, Makia Hawkins, 17 years old, was just weeks away from her graduation before her life was cut tragically short just over three and a half years ago. Now, this happened in Greenville County, South Carolina. A teen who wanted to study criminal law never made it to her high school graduation when she was killed three and a half years ago, and investigators hope someone with answers will help solve the cold case. Makia Hawkins, 17, was just three weeks away from graduation at Wade Hampton High when her life was cut short. She attended a party the night before Mother's Day at a home off of Scottswood Road, and at around 11 p.m., Greenville deputies shut it down. The party then moved across the street to the Pavilion Recreation Complex. Now, according to Greenville County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Ryan Flood, he says the party was huge. Roughly an hour, two hours later, that party had migrated over here to the pavilion. About five to ten minutes later after midnight, shots rang out. Now, investigators believe that Hawkins' killer was standing somewhere behind her because she was shot in the back of the head. And that's just peculiar to me. That is, that's peculiar to me. Like, did someone execute her for, you know, and use another shooting as a, as an exam, as a, as a distraction? Who knows? Uh, now, Ricky Murphy Jr., 18, was actually charged after her death for firing a gun multiple times, causing widespread fear and panic. But deputies say he did not shoot Hawkins. Um, Hawkins' mom, Misty McKenzie, here says, The ones that are keeping secrets three years later and have taken so much from me, we just need justice for my baby girl. Now, an estimated 100 people were at the park that night, but in three and a half years since the shooting, not one single witness has come forward. Deputies hope that someone will be brave enough to come help close this case. And if you have any information available on that uh, about the death of Makia Hawkins at this pavilion party, feel free to call Crime Stoppers at 864-232-7463. That's 864-232-7463. And right now, there is a $2,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest. And my take on it is 100 teenagers at this party Shots rang out, young girl dead. Clearly, somebody saw something. Even back in 2017, these kids were filming everything. Somebody knows something. Please call Crime Stoppers at 864-232-7463 and help bring some justice. And finally today, Oregon detectives have released a new sketch of a woman whose skull was found in Mount Hood after she vanished in 1986. So detectives in Oregon have released a new age-progressed sketch of a 19-year-old woman whose partial skull was found in Mount Hood, 1986, and hope that it might help lead to information about her mysterious disappearance and death a decade earlier. Now, the drawing is by a forensic artist who shows what Wanda Herr would have looked like around the time she disappeared in 1976 at 19 years old according to the Clackamas County Sheriff's officials. 
Detectives are able to confirm last month that remains that belonged to her, but had only uh, had a photo of her at the age of 12 to work from. I mean, this goes to show you how technology has advanced, right? They, they had this. This is all they had. This is her skull. This is mostly what remains left of one to her. And they were able to give us some information. Now, the decades-old cold case began on August 2nd, uh, 1986, when two forestry workers found the skull and bone fragments and a human tooth near the town of Government Camp, Oregon. Forensic examiners at the time determined that the skull belonged to a woman in her 20s or a small man, and that it might have been in the woods for around 10 years. Little else was known about the case, and it stagnated for over two decades until a state police forensic anthropologist re-examined it in 2008. DNA analysis narrowed the description to a female in her late teens to early 20s. A forensic imaging specialist reconstructed the skull with clay, which resulted in a number of tips, but sadly no solid leads. Investigators finally learned the possible identity of the remains just last year after new DNA analysis revealed crucial details that led detectives to a likely name, Wanda Ann Herr, born in 1957. Now, detectives interviewed her surviving sisters and determined that she disappeared in June 1976 when she was just 19. She might have actually been living in a group home in the Portland suburb of Gresham at the time. Now, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I'm from Portland originally. Gresham is not the best area to live in. They've done a lot to make it better, but there were some rough times out there. Now, her was raised in a different household from her sisters and was believed to be a chronic runaway. This, of course, is a coming in from sheriff's office. However, there were no records of her being listed as missing or a runaway. She also had no DMV record or bank accounts. And right now, detectives are working to determine what led to her disappearance and death. And of course, if anyone knows anything here, uh, please reach out to the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office at 503-723-4949. That is 503-723-4949. And this, this one kind of hits a bit closer to home to me, just because I, I grew up in the area. I mean, what would have done it? Let's be real here. You know, if she's running in, in halfway homes, potential drugs, potential other problems. But this is such a long thing. Uh, hopefully someone out there will be able to identify her, be able to tell her story and finally give her a voice. But in the meantime, if this story is something that resonates with you, contact the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office at 503-723-4949. And that actually wraps up the first episode of Cold Case Saturdays. This was a lot of fun to put together, as much fun as one could have without coming across as being too morbid, I guess. And that's something I get accused of quite often is you take too much enjoyment from talking about this kind of stuff. Because to me, these are mysteries. These are mysteries that need to be solved. Who killed Drew Johnson in Phoenix, Arizona? Who killed uh, Makia Hawkins in South Carolina? Who killed Wanda Ann Herr in, in Oregon back in 1976, uh, supposedly around that time? These are people's stories. And right now, the authorities are going to the media trying to get them to help, which is exactly what I'm doing by amplifying that message to whatever audience I have in hopes maybe one day this mystery can be solved. 
and their voices can be heard and their stories can be told. And that's my whole goal here. But anyway, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. If you liked this on YouTube, please leave the video a like. If you're listening to this on iTunes or you're listening to this on a podcast, please leave a review and also subscribe. I really appreciate that. I'll talk to you guys on Monday for another episode of Milk Carton Mysteries. Have yourself a great one and peace out.